Thanks for downloading this IMSA radio podcast. podcast from the International Motorsports Association and Radio Show Limited. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced, or used in any form without permission. Live from Trackside, this is IMSA Radio. Well, hello everybody and welcome along to our first race of the 2018 season. It is the opener for the IMSA Prototype Challenge presented by Master the Scouts of America. One hour, 45 minute challenge here at Daytona International Speedway. I'm John Heindorf, Jeremy Shaw and Shea Adam joining me in a moment's time. We're live on IMSA Radio and IMSA.TV. The sun is shining. It's time to go racing for a new year with IMSA. It's all live here on IMSA Radio. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome along to a bright but chilly afternoon here at Daytona International Speedway. I'm John Heindorf for IMSA Radio and IMSA TV. And a big crowd down on the gridwalk just a few moments ago, uh, greeting the 25 cars. And then he said 25 drivers there. And I would have been wrong because it's a new format to the IMSA Prototype Challenge for 2013, 2018, as we now have two drivers per car. Format change, it's been requested by the teams and drivers in IMSA over the last few months in consultation with them have decided to make that change for the season. The engines are starting on, have started on pit lane and we're ready to go for the 2018 season. As ever, there are two classes of cars for the IMSA Prototype Challenge presented by Mazda. This is the first time that we've had racing uh, at this event and the turnout is absolutely perfect still a little bit chilly but the engines are running the big V8s in the 13 LMP3 cars and the Mazda 2 litre MZR 4 cylinder in the 12 MPC entries. So as the Mazda hardtop MX-5 rolls out, the Mazda MX-5 RF, I'm delighted to say that Jeremy Shaw is alongside me and has the details of the 25 cars and the well, almost 50 drivers. Not every car has got two drivers, but most of them have. Jeremy, it's time to go racing. And those long, dark days of winter are over. Let's have a look at the grids. Twenty-five cars will line up. 
for the first round of the 2018 IMSA Prototype Challenge presented by Mazda. There'll be 13 LMP3 cars and 12 MPC contenders. They are split with the 13 LMP3 cars at the front, followed by the, LM the MPC cars. Let's start with the go through the order from the back with the starting drivers for each of the cars. In 25th position, number 77 for Performance Tech Motorsports will be Howard Jacobs. Alongside him is car number 46, that's Jay Salmon for ODU Motorsports. On the, in position number 23, car number 24, is Tim George for Eurosport Racing, and Paul LaHaye in car number 36 for One Motorsports. Ahead of him on the grid in 21st position is car number 86, that's Dave House for One Motorsports, teammate to Paul LaHaye. And then on the 10th row of the grid, on the outside, car number 22, Stephen Dawes for Performance Tech Motorsports. Last year's Masters Champion, car number 21 for ODU Motorsports. Car number 31 will start in the 18th position. That's Michael Klemecki for Eurosport Racing. Fastest in practice, but had a problem this morning in qualifying. Ahead of him is Robert Masson, who finished second in last year's Masters Championship in car number 11 for Performance Tech Motorsports. Ahead of, ahead of him, despite having an engine failure in qualifying this morning, car number 34 for Eurosport Racing is a veteran John Brownson. 15th position on the grid, Bart Wolf will start car number 28. That's the Wolf Motorsports entry. That, by the way, is one of only two that have two drivers in the cars during this one and a half hour race. And on the pole position, what a great start in car number 18 for Performance Tech Motorsports is Will, Sch is Will Schwab making his debut in the IMSA Prototype Challenge. 13th position, 23rd on the grid, Andy Pilgrim qualified the Gilbert LMP3 racing Ligier, but it'll be Henry Gilbert that starts that car from the back of the grid. Jim Garrett in car number 42 for P1 Motorsports and his teammate Matt Dickin ahead of him in car number 17. 10th on the grid, Rob Hoders for KTR Motorsports and Charles Wicks in car number 7 for Charles Wicks Racing. That is another Ligier. Row, uh, row 4 on the outside, Roman DeAndridis in the ANSA Motorsports uh, Ligier. Alongside him, Cameron Castles in car number 75 for Performance Tech Motorsports, another Ligier. Two more Ligiers on the third row of the grid. Joel Janker will start number 20, car number 25 for P1 Motorsports. And Lance Wilsey in car number 33 for Extreme Speed Motorsports. Second row is Gary Gibbs in car number 44, the RV Motorsports, RV Riley. And then ahead of him, two Extreme Motorsports Ligiers. Car number 30 of Chris Wright, number three of Michael Weldon on the outside of the front row. And on the pole position for 47 Motorsports, making his debut in sports cars, young Austin McCusker in car number 47. That is a Norma M30. Norma, one of just uh, two that aren't Ligier in that top 13 as we go racing in 2018 and down towards the first corner and already there's been a problem and a mistake before the season got underway from Lance Wilsey in the 33 car, spun it on the outlap, coming out of the first corner on the warm-up lap, hit the wall on driver's left and has fallen back to the back of the field. Now, I didn't see if that car came into the pit lane. It has not. So... They've obviously decided to start that car. He wasn't able to make his positions up as they go down to the west end of the circuit for the first time. And the, as predicted, the bigger engine cars getting their tyres up to temperature pretty well in cold conditions here. Chris Wright in the number 30 in third position, already falling down to the back of the field, the 24. That is the... 
one of the four-cylinder cars, Tim George, and he had a spin on the infield as well. She had him. He looped it coming out of the International Horseshoe, John. The first time of asking through, Dr. George didn't quite make it, but he managed to continue round with no problems. And coming off of NASCAR turn two, we already have a battle for the lead. Side by side, this is what we were hoping for. Big drafting. The leader just about has the inside line, but has to hit the curb very hard into the first part of the bus stop. And that's a change for the lead already. We're not even done with the first lap, and Michael Weldon leads it for Ligier, but Norma is fighting back in the hands of Austin McCusker. Who flips to the high side and gets a little bit of a run onto the tri-oval, the side-by-side, -side, end of the first lap. It could be that McCusker will be shown as the leader at the end of the first lap, and people will think that nothing has changed since the start of the race. He is shown <laughs> by 0 0.026 of a second, but he's having to go the long way around into the first corner and outbreaks himself. Down the inside, Weldon in the black and green car manages to seat back the position behind. Still in third place, right, and then Gibson, the first of the Masters class runners in that RV. That's the only other non-Ligier in that LMP3 class. In MPC, the Mazda prototype uh, challenge class, it is Robert Masson that leads. Stuart Retty in second place, the 11 and 21, and they split wow. by nothing at all. Less than a tenth of a second between those through as they went underneath us at the start of their, well, at the end of their first lap, the start of their second, and then Wyatt Schwab in third position a couple of seconds further back, so a bit of a gap opening up. And the, the two veterans there, Robert Massard and Stuart Reddy, both started some way down the order in the 17th and 19th positions respectively overall. They come across leading in MPC in 13th and 14th. Oh, great shot that we've just had there with the. Uh, big prototypes on the outside of the uh, of the banking and still cars working the way around the infield. Michael Weldon blew the exit of turn six and that's what allowed the 47 of Austin McCusker to retake the lead as they went through the banking portion of the track. Now the Ligier has to try and fight back as they exit the bus stop and continue around the lap. It's fighting on the portion where it's not necessarily stronger. So the Norma able to pull a little bit of a gap, but it is just that a little bit of a gap. So the battle further back down the field in the prototype challenge category. Masson in the 11 leads from the 21. Stuart Retley then, White Schwab. 86 is the next car up. And again, we're seeing people who are very, very comfortable going to the high side here, Shane, using the arrow. All of these cars make a quite a large hole in the air, and you can use that. The draft, the slingshot being used perfectly there by Wyatt Schwab to go past Stuart, uh, by past Robert Masson rather, and take the position. And Dr. Robert Masson is a driver who really started that, that coming into the his own. was for the lead of MPC. It was. Where's Stuart Retty gone? He's dropped back. Dropped down to third. Our uh, MPC Masters champion from last year. Dr. Masson really gave that a run for its money, but he didn't come into form until the end of season. He is right on it from the beginning of the season. But again, he's got a youngster to do battle with. But look behind the blue and white car of... Stuart Retty has dropped more than a second now. Lovely bit of overtaking by Wyatt Schwab in that uh, Remedia-sponsored Performance Tech Motorsports car from Millersville. And he's all of a sudden pulled a gap. So whatever's happened there, halfway around the first lap shit, 
it seems that Wyatt Schwab has switched on. His goal, his dream in life is to race in the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship one day. The biggest race of the year, arguably for that, the Daytona 24 Hours. He's auditioning right now, John. Top six at the front end of the field. The LMP3 cars are only three and a half seconds. And Roman De Angelis, the man, one of the men who set alight the another development series last year, the Porsche the IMSA Porsche GT3 Cup Challenge USA. And Canada. And Canada, yes, he, he did do both the, the challenges, didn't he? And Roman De Angelis in fifth position has just set the fastest first sector of anyone, and he pulls within a couple of seconds of the leaders, but he's got three cars between himself and the leader. He's got the number 44 of Gary Gibson, and then Chris Wright, then the Weldon car, and then the pole sitter is back in the lead again. Mcusker then, having claimed the first pole position in that number 47, 47 motorsports, 40 and 7. We have our first pit caller ever of this ah. series. It is the number 42 of Jim Garrett. He's with P1 Motorsports, sharing the car with Robbie Foley. He does come into their pit box. That's too soon for the driver change. I was going to say it. And there is a mandated rule in the series. If you're going to take fuel, your minimum pit stop time is four minutes from when you cross the pit entrance line to when you cross the pit exit line. If you don't do fuel, you can take as long as you want. He's been stationary for a while. There's no fuel, no tires. So something bigger is going on with that car. Yeah, the car's come to a dead stop. There's nobody over the wall to meet him. There's an infantry official looking and now somebody running up pit lane. One of the team members is up the door. Had something in a in hand there. Not sure what it was. I thought it was a helmet for one moment. And another team member. So he's gone. Obviously, he's gone to the wrong pit box because he's got people running up the pit lane to join a meantime spinner at the west end of the field. And that, that is the. Is that the 22? The 22 would be the Dawes car. Yes, yep, it is. Stephen Dawes. Stephen Dawes has gone around under braking, or did he get a tap? have to say how my attention was taken that the advantage stroke disadvantage of our IMSA broadcast booth here at Daytona International is that we can see pretty much all the track and uh, we have to remember to look at what the guys are going, oh that was oh. on his own that was on his own and a nice bit of avoidance uh, by now who was that behind him was that the 86 car behind him at the time Dave House, Dave House? it might have been that was Dave House's colours, wasn't it, blue and white? Yeah, Stephen Dawes, who ran the full complement last year, his best finish came at Trois Rivières, where he managed a fifth place. So he's uh, not new to these cars, but definitely new to this track. And as somebody who began racing at the Jeff Gordon driving experience, coming to Daytona is a bit of a mecca. Yeah, that's exactly right. And uh, he's also been a, a part-time crewman, hasn't he? Yes. At Performance Tech Motorsports the last two or three years as well. So really immersing himself in this sport is Stephen Dawes. Main time at the front of the lead. The man that was on pole position after a handful of laps. Austin McCusker from New York in that 47 car, run by 40 FORTY7, the number seven motorsports. I think we're going to have to get used to seeing that name quite a lot this year. He's just done the fastest lap of the race, a 145.487, and has pulled a one and a half second lead back to the number three of Michael Weldon in second place, who's got about the same gap now to Chris Wright in third, then Gary Gibson in the RV, so it's Norma, Leisure, Leisure, RV, 47.330 and 44. Those are your top four. 
And our top five are only about five seconds yeah. apart total, so that's a very good gap for this portion of the race. Roman De Angelis is closing up on Gary Gibson at the moment. He's just put another quick first sector of the lap, so De Angelis really likes that first sector, which takes you through the infield. It's the longest section of the track. It's 55, 56 seconds, or 53 seconds, if you're Roman De Angelis, who has gone through and into fourth place whilst we were talking about them. The leader, meantime, breaks for the right-hander at the start of the infield, or close to the start of the infield. That's the International Horseshoe. Howard Jacobs, another uh, series staple, at least last year, has come into the pit lane and moves from the fast lane to Ooh. the transition lane fairly early Big on. Big lobber by Weldon, he's going off at the west end of the infield. That was happening a very long way out and somehow he's Ooh. kept it off the barriers on the outside of the tyre wall. Just misjudged his braking point. It's so quick through there, the downforce cars. He comes through the dog leg, through the kink. And does he get on the grass just a tiny bit? Maybe that just delayed his braking. Ooh. And then he's locked up the left front continental tyre and from then on he's fighting fighting a battle and he's lucky in some respects there Shea because the grass is dry yes it might be cold but the grass is dry and he's got grip had that been any kind of damp had it been earlier in the day or we'd had some rain he'd have been into the tyre wall we've seen that in the very recent past oh, yes. I'm thinking Rene oh. Rast a few years back and that's Cameron Castles on Gibson, isn't it? Uh, no, no that, that is Michael Weldon battling against the Ave Riley of yeah. Gary Gibson. It is Gary Gibson's car, yeah, my apologies. That was very close between those two. They're looking down to the inside and up at the front of the field, so it's still Austin McCusker that leads. Last, well, he set fastest lap race on, on every lap. Uh, last time, just a thousandth quicker than the previous lap, so a really good, consistent pace at the front of the field by young Austin McCusker. And we're already in the lapping traffic such is the pace of the LMP3 cars round the fast high banking here and the MPCs have been slowed down a little since last year it, it should be said they have and, and certain adjustments have been made to try and vary the gap between the two classes of cars so even though we have drivers returning to the MPC it's not what they left top three are together now with Roman De Angelis in the number four closing down on the yeah, leaders McCusker's pulled away I think he got to Got to jump through the traffic on on that last lap. Was able to have a all of a sudden a five second lead. I don't, has he been caught again though? No, he hasn't, Jeremy. That was a lapped car. Yeah, My apologies. Right. No, I was no, looking at. No, because they were close. Yeah. Uh, but on that last lap, he pulled away a, a big advantage there. Uh, did Austin McCusker and uh, Chris Wright now finds himself in second place with that mistake or whatever by uh, Michael Weldon. Uh, resumes in the fifth position. So the guy starting on the outside of the front row in car number three now has some work to do. Classic stuff already as the 2018 season gets underway earlier than ever as far as racing's concerned. And the gap is big. Oh, and a piece Ooh. of bodywork or carbon fibre of some description. Now, was that flipped up by Austin McCusker in the lead, Norma? Or did it fall from his racing car? That's the question. He's just put in the fastest second sector. That's from just out of the infield around, or the second half of the infield around to the breaking point or thereabouts for the bus stop and as I say that it's then usurped by Roman De Angelis and Chris Wright and finally it goes the fastest second second it goes to Michael Weldon we mentioned the crash off the start oh here we get a 
another look at that uh, bit of bodywork that gets flipped up. I, that I might think have come that off came, his car. I think that came from underneath the car. He rode the entry curb, the left-hand inside curb, into the bus stop, which pushed the car, obviously leaned it over to the right-hand side, and I think that's part of the diffuser at the back of the car from the right rear of the car, possibly one of the vertical planes. Meantime, the battle for second is on. Roman De Angelis right up behind Chris Wright. De Angelis in the black with the orange-striped LMP3 car. That's a Ligier. Exactly the same chassis and engine combination as the car in front. Takes a really tight exit from turn five, which is the effective exit from the infield. That Western Herbert, oh, brilliant maneuver. Brilliant maneuver. Sucked Chris Wright into defending tight into turn number six and then got down the inside and powers away on the banking here at Daytona. Great move for second. And Roman DeAngelis has not raced here before. Chris Wright has. He has been here in the Continental Tire Sports Car Challenge in the past, so he knows the bankings, the little familiarities, the passing zones. For Roman DeAngelis, this is a learning experience. And Roman, last year, doing the Porsche GT3 Cup, as you mentioned, John, had a lot of new tracks. Well, he got, uh, let's see, eight wins in the U.S. last year. Not bad for that youngster. Oh, but... It looks very much as though Roman De Angelis was held up coming out of the bus stop and a spin for the 42. Jim Garrett again. And he's dropped all the way down already to 24th position. The very patriotic red, white and blue Ligier. Ooh, big lockup. Did he get the left rear continental right off the circuit there? Because these right front tyre was pawing the air going into the west end. Now, I think he may have damaged his rear suspension there. That car... Looks sitting like it's sitting down on the left-hand side as he pulls away. Uh, maybe not. It was going sideways for a very long time, though, John. So at the it's very least, he's going to be bouncing around in the car every lap. Nothing worse. He's moving again. Well, that hasn't done his position any good at all. It's a trans. It's a change of season format. A transfer of the format from sprint to endurance racing here for the IMSA Prototype Challenge. And this year, an hour and 45 minutes here and two drivers. And the drive times here? Minimum 40, 40 minutes. 40 minutes, Minimum yeah. of 40. Yeah. And there's an interesting little wrinkle with this. If we get a full course caution... You can't come into the... Well, you can come into the pit lane, but you, you can't change drivers. The pit lane will not open okay, so under you can't caution. Come the pit lane. If you come in, it is emergency services rules. So the only reasons you better come in the pit lane are because you have no fuel or you don't have enough fuel to make it around one more time. Now, when we go to a caution, if we go to a caution, I should say, there will be a waiver around procedure, but there will not be a follow-up pass around because... We're not opening the pits. So that throws a wrench into things. If the caution comes around 40 minutes, you're not going to see people diving into pit lane like you do in our other series. Okay. So the first quarter of an hour of the 2018 IMSA season is complete. And looking carefully as the leader, Austin McCusker, goes by to the right rear of the, that car. And I think there's something missing there. The left rear looks like there's a little oh, bit more uh, light shining through it okay. than the right rear. So maybe that was when he came off the curb then, coming through the international hair, uh, horseshoe now. Let's have another look. I think it was the turn-in curb to the bus stop that okay. damaged it, which would have been the left rear. It's not slowing him down. A 45.5 last time around was still faster than any of the other LMP3 cars. Still leading in the MPC category, by the way, Wyatt Schwab from Stuart Retty. Now, 
has dropped five seconds and he's under pressure from Robert Masson recovering in that number 11 car. Well, oh no, that's the other way around, but he's gone by him. Indeed, I mean, they were literally side by side as they came across the line on that last lap. I mean, there was inches between them, absolutely no to tell. Meanwhile, Wyatt Schwab, the youngster there, making his professional sport, professional debut, uh, is, uh, is doing a fabulous job. He has gone. <laughs> He's the only, uh, really the only youngster in the in the MPC cars this season, uh, but uh, he's got his eyes set on the future in the sport. And talking of people having a, an eye on the future in the sport, Jay Howard, who runs a very successful team in the Formula Four Championship over here, and Jay Howard is a former uh, USF 2000 champion, a champion in Indy Lights, racing the IndyCar Indy 500. He has bought two L uh, two. Uh, Norma LMP3 cars and he hopes to be debuting those maybe in the next round of the championship this drama here at the front of the field early on in the 2018 season because that 47 car of Austin McCusker which he shares uh, with David True the Swiss driver Hop Suisse or has a Swiss license at least no, uh, Swiss, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, has I'm contractually obliged, obliged to say Hop Suisse at that point for my mother-in-law <laughs> And that has got damage to the left rear. The eagle eyes of Shea Adam spotted that a couple of laps ago. Now confirmed as off has gone the number 25. Joel Jenko. And that's along the back stretch, I'm isn't it? Running in the seventh position. That's a car that Kenton Cook will take out. over later on. And Kenton's going to have a lot of work to yes, do. That was coming is. out of the bus stop. And just oh. too, too much curb on the penultimate part the last right-handed part and got airborne and again damage to the rear right hand side of that car when the car hit the curbs so these extremely extended aerodynamic diffuser parts behind the rear wheels are proving sheer to be a little bit precarious as far as damage is concerned, if you start riding some of the higher curbs. Well, and speaking of precarious, the location of the rear splitter piece that came off of Joel Janko's car is still on the racing line in the bus stop. This could cause our first full course caution of the season. But yes, that portion of the car is particularly susceptible to damage if you take too much curb, which we have seen in the past, as we have a pass right through the trioval. Man, that's fun to see with the MPC cars. Um, it's well, yeah, excuse me, Shane, yeah, just yeah. to say that's the battle for second place. Yes, it is. Which Michael Klemecki just passed both of those two guys we were talking about a that, few moments ago. Well, Michael Klemecki's now scored as the leader, so that was the battle for the lead. All he of is, and where's number 18? He's in the pit lane. Yes. So Schwab into the pit With lane. With a problem. With a big problem. Oh, His my goodness. Look at the damage to the front of that car. The whole of the left front is gone. The 18 car has hit something. Now, did it hit the wall or did it hit another car? Be fairly hard to hit on the left side of the wall here. Yeah, and continue Daytona. unless yeah. you were going backwards. And this, I think that front suspension looks deranged. Yep. This, they've pulled up. I've got the binoculars on it, but it's on the, the far side. side. But fortunately, our TV pictures are picking it up. IMSA Radio and TV together here at Daytona for the first round. The Scouts of America, one hour, 45 minute challenge for the IMSA prototypes presented by Mazda. Oh, there's a certain amount of resignation 
Oh dear, is that a bit of inexperience, Jeremy? Do you think from uh, well, the young man? I don't know what happened out. He on was the race five track. seconds up on the road. Up the road, no, wasn't he? At least I knew he was a good bit more than that. I think it was not a puncture, though. That no, is important no, to true. note because mm. the uh, Continental is still in perfect shape, and the, the crew guys were actually brushing it off to see what condition it was in. But we now have Wyatt Schwab in the pits. Jim Garrett made his way back in the 42, and Howard Jacobs in the 77 is still in the pit lane, having come in on lap four. That's how it stands with an hour and 24 minutes. How good is that? An hour and 24 minutes still to go. The leader, Austin McCusker then, in the 47. Round the high side, over to our left. As he comes onto the tri-oval, still that, that cheese wedge almost at the back of the left rear wheel. Looks like something you'd win in Trivial Pursuit and put into your little collector. It used to be called the legality panel on prototypes because there was a, a regulation that said it had to be there so that you couldn't see the back wheel from behind the car and it holds the rear lights on the Norma and IMSA will be keeping a very close eye on that because that's a substantial piece of bodywork. If that was to come off, it would be a danger to other drivers and if it starts to come loose, it would warrant the meatball flag. Yeah, it, absolutely. It would be a concern because of Daytona. Speeds are so high. Exactly. You can't afford to hit that. Uh, Roman De Angelis now 8.6 seconds away in second position. Remember that. But a new fastest lap last time around by McCusker at the head of the field. 124, excuse me, 145.4 against a 45.8 from Roman De Angelis, who's now two seconds ahead of Michael Weldon. 47, four and three, your top three separated by ten and a half seconds Chris Wright is another tenth further back in fourth position in the number 30 then a big gap of 15 seconds back to Gary Gibson the best of the Masters runners Wyatt Schwab is leaving the pit lane so they wow. have uh, repaired that car to really? the fitness of the marshals and sent him back out well I'd be very surprised if he hadn't bent something on the inside of that car maybe it was just body work damage then a substantial hit nevertheless Michael Weldon puts in the fastest first sector as the cars stream through beautiful day today that lovely light that you get at this time of the year with the sun out barely any cloud being a bit chilly down towards freezing point in early a morning a bit chilly I've just come from the <laughs> UK Jeremy <laughs> it's been a bit chilly you're a California boy now <laughs> it's been freezing it's been winter coat it's weather been just above freezing actually to be literal there was ice on the car the other morning. There's that battle for second place still continuing now with uh, Roman DeAndres. Michael Weldon in the third position. He can't appear. It's the car that started on the front row. Uh, well, ran in second place, only a second or so behind McCusker for the first four laps. Then had that spin. He's now working his way back up into third place and has closed up onto the tail now of Michael DeAndres. And both of those just passed the uh, MPC pace setter now which is Michael Klemecki. Michael had problems this morning in qualifying in that car. He was fastest yesterday in the practice session but has come on strong now in this race and beginning to move his way forward. New fastest lap of the race and it is Michael Weldon yeah. in third position of 44-7. First is that the first lap we've seen down in the 44s? I think it, it is. is. Oh yes. As Austin McCusker does his fastest lap of 45-2 so that's Nearly half a second slower. That's a cracking lap by Weldon. I wonder if he got a little drag there from DeAngelis, who's only half a second or so ahead of him. And that is coming down very quickly. 
Mm. If he starts putting in laps at that time, that was, well, DeAngelis all of a sudden is only three quarters of a second ahead of Weldon and Weldon is on a charge. He certainly is and, and for McCusker, the race leader, he just had his best lap of the race on that lap as well and he was, what, not, not a half a second he lost to the third place car, Michael Weldon on the, on the actual racetrack. I'm loving this. These cars look great on the high banks. Here comes the battle for second around a couple of MPC cars and Weldon is closing in. There's no doubt the black and orange car, almost like a, a Coast Guard livery with that orange stripe on the side of Roman De Angelis's black machine as he comes underneath us in the Ligier and then the green and black similar car. And then with this right there, there's no need for a stopwatch now as Weldon closes in under braking. Now, has De Angelis got problems here? A very accomplished young racing driver, albeit in these prototypes with the high downforce for the first time. Big lock up from the third place car of Weldon as they go round the leader in MPC, the blue and white open top car of Michael Chimlecki. And they have managed to both get through. And if anything, I think, Shea, that Mike Weldon just dropped back a little bit. Oh, I say that. He's very good on the brakes, isn't he? He is, and that's what caught him out going into the International Horseshoe, is yes. he thought he was a little better on the brakes than he was. But, uh, no, he, he has to share this car, so his drive time will elapse. Roman DeAngelis is the only pilot of the number four car. How will that play into effect later in the race? It's not mattering right now. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, the drivers do have to get out the cars when they are being refueled, though. Yes. Even and if they're the closed top cars. The MPCs, All right, the okay. drivers have to get out of the that car. That makes sense, even if they're open, by. Yes. That's an open top car. That's, uh, that's sensible safety. I like that. And remember, there is a statutory minimum pit lane time. From pit in to pit out is four, four minutes. minutes. It was three and a half minutes before the uh, SSR came out. And then they decided that they wanted to lengthen it another 30 seconds for safety. SSR, uh, Supplementary Statutory Regulations, that will change event by event. And one of the reasons that that was changed was because IMSA looked at the refill time on the fueling for the LMP3 cars and decided that adding another 30 seconds on, they don't want anybody rushing doing anything and they don't want anybody trying to make mistakes. You're changing drivers, you're belting people in at a place around here, it's got to be done properly. And an MPC, having the driver get out of the car, as soon as the fueling is done, you want that time remaining, Correct. that you have to still be in the pit lane. That's so take point. your time to put the belts back on. Don't rush anything. Yeah, I, I like that. I, I like that in a series like this. Uh, we know that you can save time in pit stops. But for the most part, you know, these are guys who are making their way through racing or still enjoying their racing. And there's no need to put excess pressure on and have them try and steal seconds and be fastening belts on the way down the pit lane. There's nothing worse than that. So this battle for second place now in the overall and in LMP3 goes back out onto the speedway banking. Roman De Angelis who was pretty spectacular in the gold category for the slightly older specification cars in Porsche last year. 
didn't have a lot of luck. Spinner Oops. in the International Horseshoe. Rob Hoders, is that, I think? It was, but he managed not to hit anyone or anything, so a very good catch. Yeah, he, yeah, he, he recovers. He and uh, and Lance Wilson, number 33 car, that's that's been even on the pace lap. They're having a great little battle there. That was uh, for seventh and eighth positions. And Rob, Rob Hodes has done oh. some Lamborghini racing the last couple of years. Great catch by Whoa, our replay yeah. team. Trying to go down the inside of the 33 cars. Jeremy was saying they were battling after the 33 hit the wall on the formation lap, let's remind you, uh, in the hands uh, of its driver. Second place Meantime. as they head down towards turn one. As Michael Weldon has now found a way past Roman DeAndres. Roman DeAndres, I believe, is going to be concentrating on the Porsches this season. So this is just a one-off drive at the moment in that Ansa Motorsports uh, car number car number four, but still doing a really good job uh, for his first time in a prototype. The youngster from uh, Bell River in Ontario, Canada. Rob Hodes has recovered nicely, yeah. getting back in the groove of things, handing over to Sean Rahal later. Eighth position for that car, with the, the battle with the 33 continuing, and uh, that uh, Lance Wilsey car has now just taken a little bit of an advantage. McCusker puts another quick lap in for him, not the fastest lap of the race, but his fastest lap, just knocking on the door. Of the well, 145, 145.0, not quite down to the 44s yet. No, but but been super consistent, isn't he? And yes. uh, yeah, every you know, every other lap, pretty much, he's turning a better lap, a better personal lap, and that's enabled him now to pull out, extend that lead margin now to over 10 seconds, John. Yeah, despite the fact that Mike, Michael Weldon was doing quicker mm. laps once in a while than the leader. That, uh, and he's actually, I mean, he was further back than that, but now he's got past Roman De Angelis. We'll have to keep an eye on that gap. But the gap first to second now up to 11 seconds. Roman De Angelis is just hanging on to the back of that number three car. So 47, three and four are your top three. And that battle for second on the banking again with the dark red Ligier. That would be the oh, Ave no, Riley me, of the Gary Riley. Gibson. So battle for fifth that's the battle for fifth position with Cameron Castles. Cameron Castles yeah steadily working his way through the field in the 75 car I'm not surprised that the gap has gone out between first second and third because second and third were battling against each other yeah. that always takes speed off and allows time for the leader but the gap is growing as Michael Weldon puts in the fastest sector one time it's not enough though the gap is now 12 seconds from first to second yeah, but he, he's, once he's been released, that, it'll be interesting to see how he, he gets that going. This battle for fifth position, the RV Riley comes towards us now. Yes. The only RV Riley in the field with Gary Gibson down into the first corner. And Cameron Castles in the black and red Leisure number 75. He's driving that on his own for Performance Tech Motorsports. All of the cars on Continental tyres, of course. And Cameron Castles then I just wonder what the strategy will be and how these guys are managing their fuel, managing their Continental tyres before they have to come in and where they're expecting to do the race. We're still, what, 10 minutes or so away from getting the 40-minute minimum that each driver has to do and then it'll be a question of how fast the two driver cars, how quickly after that they want to come in how soon after that will come in because the pit stops as we know are all going to be four minutes i suppose if you're driving on your own 
you're not waiting for a yellow flag, so it doesn't matter. What you're doing is is feeling out the tyres. I presume everybody will put some tyres on it. Uh, we've not seen well, this before. I, I was to talking to some of the teams this morning, and they're, they're not sure. Well, some yes. are some are planning or were planning on it, and some are, weren't. So we'll see uh, how that uh, transpires. Michael Weldon, another good lap there. The first two cars almost identical laps. One minute forty-five point two for Austin McCusker, who now leads Handley. Is now working his way through some of the LMP3 traffic. He's working with, with past Michael Dickin, Matt Dickin, uh, car number 17 on that lap. Uh, Matt Dickin running in the 11th place overall. And McCusker's lead now is over 12 seconds. Matt Dickin, who will be handing over to his longtime driving partner and coach, Corey Lewis, yeah. a little bit later. Another one of the P1 motorsports cars. Now, they have three cars under their umbrella, all LMP3 Ligiers. So they can split the strategy if they want. They could try tires on one for this race, no tires, and then figure out if it'll be more useful for Sebring. Here comes Cameron Castles right up into the slipstream, coming Is down at the International Horseshoe, down the inside driver's left. Ooh. He's very decisive, though. Yeah. He made that move early. He stuck his car into the gap and made sure that Gary Gibson could see him coming. And I think that's so important here because you're doing a lot of hard braking very late with these downforce cars. And Gary saw that, gave him room, good driving by both. Yeah, yeah, hugely experienced is uh, Gary Gibson. Been around this sport a long time, does 72 previous starts just in this championship. Uh, so he goes back a long, long way. Uh, he's never won a race, but uh, had nine second-place finishes over his, uh, over his career in this series. That was a great pass. He set that up coming mm -hmm. out of the first corner here, didn't he? Stayed to the right-hand side through that little kink. And at that point... There was no real option for Gary unless he just turned down on him, and, and that would have been disaster for both. Exactly, and for Cameron Castles, he's raced here before. He knows how it's worked. He won here last year, not in this series, but he knows Daytona. That's an advantage for Cameron. Gary Gibson knows the series, but doesn't know Daytona. Yeah. Very good point. Meanwhile, in MPC, Michael Klemecki, having worked his way through into the lead, uh, is now being closed on again by Robert Masson, who turned his best lap on the on the last time round. This time, uh, on, as they came across to complete their 17th lap, Michael Klemecki in car number 31. And that battle, by the way, was just ahead of the two prototypes that we were watching that battle for uh, a few moments ago. Fifth, fifth position. Yeah. yeah, fifth position. Car number 31, he's just turned his best lap in response, so that battle is heating up ahead of MPC in 12th, 13th and 14th places. Yeah, and that's just a second or so, 1.2 seconds as they went across the line underneath our feet. The blue and white number 31 is the leader. There's an hour and 10 minutes of the one hour and 45 scouts of America. IMSA prototype challenge presented by Mazda. Season opener here at Daytona International Speedway. John Hindoff, Jeremy Shaw and Shea Adam watching the action for you. And that blue and white 31 car leads the Master Prototype Challenge class for the smaller engined open top cars. Four cylinder, two litre. This little screamer of an engine. And the next open top car back is Robert Masson. He's gradually been closing in. And both of those drivers now turning their quickest laps of the race. And they've got faster LMP3 cars coming through. Remember, two classes here. The closed, it's easy to spot, even for us. Closed cockpit cars are the big 5-litre V8 LMP3 cars running to the LMP3 Global Formula with uh, three different chassis manufacturers, Ligier being the most predominant, and then Arve and Norma each with a 
chassis apiece here, a car apiece. The MPC's all the same chassis and engine combination. The Elan chassis with that Mazda four-cylinder, two-litre engine and running very nicely indeed. They are the slightly higher-pitched engines. And on some of the more twisty circuits last year, my, they give the big cars a run for their money. They're extremely light and nimble. And our leader at the moment having to keep his wits about him as Gary Gibson goes through in the red and white RV. On our timing screen, it is showing Jay Salmon in the number 46 car. Now, that is the MPC car that sort of has the zebra-like livery. It's showing is stopped, but I can't see anybody be, missing on track. Must be in the second sector, so he's either at the very end of the infield section or somewhere down towards the bus stop. Mystery. That, the S has disappeared, so maybe he's just had a long sector. We'll keep an eye open for that car. Michael Klemecki, our MPC leader, is a guy who never has really done the full calendar of this series yeah. and now being closed in on very rapidly by Dr. Masson. For Michael, though, he's had so much success in this series. Last year, he got three wins. The year before, he had four wins out of a very limited schedule, but winning at Daytona would be something special. And, and he is being pushed into some of his best times by Dr. Robert Masson in second position. It's 1.6 seconds now, so he's pulled out another nearly half a second since the last time I looked at the gap. That's not to say that uh, Masson isn't trying. He is but he's lost another six tenths just in the first sector there. Now it doesn't look much, but that takes an awful lot of fighting back. Notice how the MPC cars aren't taking as much curb as we saw some of the P3 cars early on. Not that far further behind is Stuart Retty mm. in the 21 car, the distinctive blue and white color scheme that he's used for quite a long time now, Stuart, in the uh, OTU Motorsports car, Stuart, who hails from Aberdeen in Scotland, so this weather is shorts and t-shirt for him. Although he has been living in uh, Texas yeah, for a while, long so time, I think. maybe his blood has gotten a little thinner <laughs> too. Yeah, we can re I can relate to that. The, uh, Michael Klemecki, by the way, uh, we're watching him uh, heading into turn one in the lead of MPC. It was a drive shaft problem, I believe, on that Eurosport machine this morning ah. that was a problem uh, halfway through the session. So uh, left him uh, down the grid a little bit, but uh, he's certainly done a, a nice job today. But there, right behind him is Robert Masson, and not too far back in third place, coming through the East Horseshoe, is car number 21, the uh, originally Abedonian uh, Stuart Retty. Pit stops now for, uh, that is, uh, Lance Wilsey. Uh, is it? Yes. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm just looking at yes. the time. An hour and six minutes still to go. Lance Wilsey and Jim Garrett in the pit lane again. He did do a drive-through penalty earlier. The lead official on the pit lane waiting until I the car came to a complete stop and then signaled the crew guys, now it's safe to come over the wall. But they came in with an hour and six to go. They're doing tires, they're not doing fuel. And what's significant about that is that means they only did 39 minutes on track. And they are not restricted to a four minute pit stop. They can go as quickly as they can get the tires changed. Well, if this is not their standard pit stop, this is they're no not changing driver. Well, there's no fuel. And as long as there's no fuel, you do not ah, have to be okay. on the pit lane for four minutes. Okay. That's interesting. Curious. Quite sure why you'd want to make an extra pit stop. 
Well, they're already so far down, uh, running in the 24th position overall, yeah. 13th in class. Their AM is in the car right now. They're giving him more experience. So might as well, if you're not going to get a podium, give your guy a bit more time on track. And right now, 40 minutes has elapsed. So effectively, the pit window is open now if you are wanting to change your driver. But there's still an hour and four minutes left. The question that I didn't pose early on to uh, Jeremy Shaw, but I know he's asked the teams, is how long can the P3 cars go on a tank of fuel? Uh, they can do over an hour, so they're, they're fine. Uh, but of course, it's a, it's the minimum drive time, so he's not changing drivers, is he? Lance no. So, so he, he's fine making that pit stop now. He can make it whenever he likes, effectively. That was tires for Jim Garrett in the 42. Lance right. Wilsey came in, and I believe it was a penalty for him. Ah. Oh, do you? Yes. Right. Okay. Because it was not a stop in the pit box. It was a oh, was straight it? Oh, through. Right. Oh, well done. Okay. But we do have a pit stop. That is the number 25 of Joel Janko making I, his way. I think this is the first. I'm sure it is. First of the quote-unquote proper pit stop. So this should be a four-minute pit stop. So don't expect to see anything happening very quickly here. Airjack goes in. Car comes up. And the driver change is beginning. Meantime, spinner on the infield, and I think that's the 33 car again that has gone around. There was a swap for position just before that that I'll bring you up to date with in a moment, but let's just confirm. That nope, 42. Oh, it's the 42. Jim Garrett. It's Jim Garrett who's just come out of the pits, of course, and he'll be on cold tyres. So a cold set of Continentals, and Jim hot under the collar, but not under the rubber. So with the rubber under him should I say so that will have been an eye-opening moment and I'm just trying to work out what I saw a moment or two ago I think it was Chris Wright and Roman D'Angelis battling down into turn one yes it was they're very close together for third and fourth position the lead is coming down gradually. It's only ten and a half seconds now, but that's two seconds from what it was. Well, actually, it's gone out because it <laughs> came down to as low as eight, eight, okay. eight and a half seconds. It's, and uh, the last two or three laps, Ostimus uh, Custer has extended that by, well, actually, last uh, lap by about a second over Michael Wilders. Now, again, as you say, over ten seconds right. between first and second. This is the second year that we've had the LMP C cars with the LMP three cars at the head of the field this is the first time we've had driver changes and endurance racing a brand new format for 2018 still two classes still with the p3 cars as the big dogs still with those great high revving mazda engined mpc cars the little two liter four cylinder in line still one of my favorite racing cars proving you don't have to have a huge amount of power they're very light very efficient very nimble and as I said, last year gave the bigger engine cars some uh, real problems at times. So Austin McCusker has almost led since the green flag went down. I think there was a maybe a couple of hundred metres around the circuit on that first lap. But he regained it by the end of the first lap. Lost it again, then regained it. Michael Weldon in second now. Struggling to hold the pace. 11 seconds in second position 47 the norma leads from the number three the 33 still with evidence of damage isn't that well that's new off? damage that was uh, significantly um, more damage to the left front of the 
uh, Ligier for Lance Wilsey. He went off at the International Horseshoe, and the left front is well, sitting the, significantly lower than it was. That's the side that he dinged against the wall on the formation lap, that left front. Dinged? Slammed? I'm saying dinged. It was a, a sizable hit, but the nose uh, is no, actually I, starting to come off. Yeah, he needs he, to pit. I think he may have steering damage as well. It looked like the left front Continental wasn't pointing in the way that Lance would like it. He needs to get down off the high banks there. Meanwhile, across the line, here's the leader right underneath us, completing his 25th lap and heading into the first corner. And this, at the moment, is turning into a demonstration drive. He's within the pit window now. The question will be, how much racing has the team decided to give the Swiss teammate of Austin McCusker, that's David Drew, for 47 motorsports, how much time is he going to get in the car? Will they split it exactly half and half? Fastest lap of his race going to Roman De Angelis. And he's being pushed into that because Chris Wright is only half a second behind him at the moment in the battle for the final podium spot in third. Fuel starting to burn off. Yeah. Car is getting lighter. Time should drop. Tuning in from around the world to this coverage. Thank you for your kind words on this new format. Everybody liking it. And it's bringing skills that perhaps we've not seen before in the shorter races with a bit of more lappery going on and also with tactics of course for the fuel and tyre stops and the driver changes it's the first round of the IMSA prototype challenge presented by Mazda from the Daytona International Speedway great way to get the 2018 IMSA season underway the first time we've had competitive track running at the Raw before the Rolex 24 at Daytona and what a fantastic way to raise the curtain on competition for this brand new year just under the hour now to go and we've already had a handful of pit stops five cars total so that means 20 to go yeah. and uh, only one of those has been an MPC car that is of uh, Bart Wolf coming into the pit lane not sharing with anybody but he still gets out of the car runs back to the pit wall and then once the fueling is done he's allowed to return he was running in the fourth position when he came in looks like uh, John Brownson's been in but he his last pit stop was early on so that's it was not going to count that was a drive through wasn't it yes So, McCusker by almost 12 seconds. Three car in second. The bright fluorescent green, silver and black machine. Wouldn't miss that one in the car park. It's second the traditional race. ESM colours. Yes, though. yeah, very much so. Very much so. And... Uh, Weldon then in second place. Number 44 in the pits as well, John. Okay. That's Gary Gibson bringing it in, and Josh Hurley will be taking it back out. <gasps> Huge amount of curb taken into the bus stop by the car that's in front of Weldon at the moment. That's not McCusker, he's too far up the road. Don't know if you can spot that as they come round Speedway Turn 4. 
shape, but that was all four wheels on the kerb. I suppose that's one way to stop breaking the back of the car <laughs> if you fire it across. If you get airborne, yeah. then there's nothing to hit it against on the kerb. Exactly. That would be the number 25. Would that have been Kenton Cook? Really? Has Kenton taken over that car for George? Yes, he did. They were the first pit stop to get completed of this series. So Kenton now on the run back, but is already laps away from the leaders. But don't forget, with the lap time here of 1.45 to 1.47, a four-minute pit stop, well, you do the arithmetic. It's not even mathematics, that. Um, it's going to be a couple of laps at the very least, depending on where you are on the track. Ask me to do arithmetic, get during the headlines look. We have another pit taker, so now we're seeing more and more cars start to take advantage of this window. Of course, if the caution comes out, you will not be allowed to pit, do your driver change, do your tire yeah, change. Point. You gotta get in before that happens. And that is the number 17, so the other P1 car of uh, Matthew Deccan, he'll be handing over to Corey Lewis. Yeah, so just the top five cars and yet uh, at least in the LP3 cars to make their first pit stops. Quite a few MPC cars yet to make their their only pit stop during this race. But number 47 leads now by 12 seconds over number three of Michael Weldon. Another five seconds further back, car number four, Roman DeAndres. Another couple of seconds behind him, Chris Wright in car number 30. Then some distance back in the fifth position, the only car still on the lead lap at the moment with uh, some of the other contenders making their pit stops is car number 75, Cameron Castles. And in that MPC category, still waiting for the pit stops for Chilmecki and Dr. Masson. A second and a half between them as they come underneath us now. That's not a second and a half to me as they come through. Let's see what the stopwatch tells us. No, eight tenths of a second. That was a great lap by Masson. 52-9 against a 53-4. And once again, this is heating up. Stuart Retty, who had got within striking distance of them, what, three or four laps ago in the blue and white number 21 car, now eight seconds away. We've got 10 minutes. Check that. We have 15 minutes before you have to get in to get your second driver his drive time. So if you're driving with someone else, there's 15 minutes to go. Dr. Masson, very comfortable around Daytona. His team, yeah. Performance Tech Motorsports, rented the track out in early December to give all their drivers a chance. Got the leaders coming behind them now, or the leader, should I say. McCusker coming up to this battle in MPC to put them another lap off the lead. He's on his 29th lap at the moment. The MPC leaders on their 27th. And this is danger time for McCusker, who is the leader of the race and leader of LMP3. And also for Masson and Chilmecki who are fighting amongst themselves. They will not want to give up any time to each other. McCus Sorry, Jeremy. McCusker's already gone past Masson without any issue. Now, over or under? Over. Over. Low is slow. That's what they say in the driver meeting. If you are the slower car and you're getting passed on the left, something is wrong and race control will have a talk with you. Okay. I think that was a uh, drive-through penalty also for car number 33, who has just made a, uh, a run down the pit lane, having just made his uh, mandatory pit stop a couple of laps, uh, well, the previous lap, just three laps before lap was also in the pits again. Leader is in the go. pit lane. Here comes Austin McCusker, qualified in pole position, has led pretty much every lap of the race, certainly across the line. And he comes in now and standing by at the 47 motorsports pit will be David Drew, the 
Swiss driver. So when the clock reaches 49 minutes and 38 seconds to go, they can cross the pit out line. Following them in is the number three, the yeah. car that was in third position. I think second that's position. Uh, second position. Yeah. Second. Yeah. So Roman De Angelis goes up to the lead. Chris Wright will go into second, so it'll be 4.30 next time around, assuming they stay out across the line. There's still time if they want to be scored as the leader, if that's important to them. Roman De Angelis is not sharing a car, so he doesn't have to come in before the drive time collapses. True, but he's got to come in and get fuel at some stage. Yes, that he does. He so he's still got to do a four-minute stop. Unless he is Scott Dixon and can make fuel, he will need to visit the pit lane. Correct. And remember, you can't come in other than for emergency service if the yellow flag comes out. So you do not want to be so close on fuel that if a yellow comes out, you have to make the extra pit stop. And the pit stop format of this series is such that there can be one gun to change the tires and one tire assistant. Yeah. You cannot have multiple, so it's trying to keep costs down and keep things simple. Well, and also, if if you are putting a four-minute on, there's no need to be rushing. And, you know, we're looking now from our perch here down at the three-car and being able to see them taking their time. And there was more than enough time for one man and his gun and one man and his tyres to do it. More pit callers. Yeah, I think that's the, the MPC leader, I think, isn't it? Correct. Michael Klemecki hitting the pit lane speed limiter. Right uh, on no, the negative. tail. Oh, negative. no, it's Jay Salmon. It's Jay Salmon in the Zebra car. Uh, however, it is oh, you're right. the 23 car coming in again. That's the Gilbert car. It's the black and... And Roman DeAngelis is here's not Scott Roman Dixon. DeAngelis. Yeah, now he's come in effectively. He has not been scored as the leader because Chris Wright has stayed out. So Chris Wright in the number 30 car for Extreme Speed Motorsport. Now Chris is driving on his own as well. So he's been scored as the leader. And out gets Roman DeAngelis. For the refueling. So it is the closed top cars as well, is it? Right, okay. The door's left open. Because he'll be getting back in. Right. He's gone over the wall. He's gone for a cup of tea. A break, perhaps? Maybe. Cookies. Comfort break. Comfort break. Not sure. Look at the heat coming off the brakes there. And still waiting for those cars that came in from the lead. Austin McCusker's car has not yet moved, has it? Nope. 49.38 is when he's allowed to cross the pit exit line. Which or at is least two David, minutes away. His teammate is. Yeah, two minutes away. So we're going to have to get used to this through the season of a bit of inactivity on the pit lane whilst the pit stops go on. So the man at the lead of the field is Chris Wright. He's just come out of the bus stop and heads into the back turns to our left coming into the tri-oval oh a little bit of a wobble on the car there now is that because he's trying to get fuel in or was that an issue was could he did he have an itch that he had to scratch there and took a hand off the steering wheel could be the fact that it is very windy out there right now that's John. a very good point shit that is a very good point which way is the wind blowing as well it it is blowing from that end of the raceway so if it's just dipping in over the top uh, in between three and four maybe he just caught a gust there it's not uncommon especially being in such an exposed part of the track even on the pit lane you can be standing there and it's nice and calm and all of a sudden it's a miniature hurricane hitting you all at once he's just gone past 
Chilmecki, no, excuse me, that's the, the 11, that's the second place car. So Chilmecki will be his next victim. 3.6 seconds up the road and... Try and stay down again, didn't he? Yeah. Another lead for him. McCusker's car is rolling as it leaves the pit lane. Should be David Drew's name that pops up on the timing and scoring. He's in the acceleration lane now. He's off the pit lane speed limiter. This is the danger point. Got to be careful with those cold tyres. And Drew then is the first of the pit stoppers back on the track in that multicoloured psychedelic 47 motorsports car with the number 47 on the side came back out at 49.11 so that means that he would have lost 27 seconds uh, more time that he spent on pit lane than needed by my rudimentary arithmetic okay and the number three car michael weldon also making his now way down into uh, turn three into the east horseshoe in second place i believe still waiting for the pit stops for the leading three cars in MPC whilst we're watching David Drew get up to speed. He's only dropped to third position. Michael Weldon's car, the number three, is back out. Now that should be Max Hanratty at the wheel of that, but they haven't changed the driver ID if it is. Into the pit lane now comes Chris Wright in that menacing black Ligier. Roman De Angelis had already pitted. And I'm, I'm not 100% sure if the 30 is a one driver team or two, because on the initial entry list, it was just Chris Wright on his own. And a few days later, there was an announcement that he was going to be joined by Daytona 24-hour winner last year, Daniel Morad. Now it looks like it's a single driver effort. Oh, no, Morad is there. I see Morad in the background yeah, standing good helmeted. Good spot in the white overalls. Chris Wright is out of the car. What I don't see is any service going on now the fuel bottles come out so there's clearly got, plenty got, of time yeah there is plenty of time that's that, that is for sure they were there, was, there was no tires there either so are they going to put daniel morad out on the same set of continentals he's canadian he can make it work well so we need to see now when david drew comes around what this has done of course is elevated the MPC cars to third, fourth and fifth position. They're still battling for the lead with 10 seconds between them. But of course, they've not made their four minute stop yet. They haven't actually been scored as overall leaders because they've dropped too many laps to the cars, the LMP3 cars that went long. So what we're finding out here with you watching this battle is how the rhythm of the races this year is going to play out there's an lmp3 car that did not go around the banking around nascar turns three and four and instead stayed low normally they encourage you to stay low if you have an issue i'm not sure if this might be a fuel allowance issue because there was a little bit of wiggling around okay. from that car is that the 33 of lance we'll see coming into the pit lane it is the 33 oh. Not been a, a banner day for Lance Wilsey. Meantime, the battle at the head of M MPC. Chilmecki now has all of a sudden a four-second lead over Dr. Robert Masson. And he's got nearly eight seconds, nine seconds on Stuart Reckie. So all of a sudden those guys having been 
under 10 seconds apart for quite a long time now stretched out to 13 seconds between them and as they come round this time around we'll get on to the lead lap which is still held by Chris Wright really? although his car's sitting in the in the pit lane I think uh, DeAndres is ahead of da David Drew correct where, where are they they, that's absolutely correct. I was just about to say that. That's a pass for second position, and that is courtesy of a slow outlap from David Drew. Slow second lap from David Drew. Drew is going through the kink in the infield now as DeAngelis is coming into turn six to go back up onto the banking. That's so there's a good bit of uh, real estate between the two of them. Uh, well. Their last lap by Roman De Angelis was 5 minutes 40, and that included his pit stop. So that's tight. What I don't have is the pit lane time on this screen. So that might be something we have to look at after the race. Uh, it is a big difference between Roman De Angelis and David Drew. And he did a 48-3 last time around to David Drew, so it wasn't super slow into the pit lane comes the second place overall car Michael Chemeki leads the MPC category with 44 minutes still to go but Dr Masson stayed out so he will now inherit the lead Correct. of the MPC class Klemeki comes in Stephen Dawes comes in as well as uh, the number 21 exits the pit box now he's driving I mean Retty's driving on his own Masson is driving on his own and is Chilmecki driving, driving on his own yeah he's driving on his own yeah so so those guys don't have to worry about drive time but they still have to worry about the four minutes so in goes the fuel from the bottle and so they're deciding whether or not to do tires David Drew lost a lot of time on that round of pit stops they spent about an extra what did I say 27 did, seconds did, yeah. in the uh, pit lane over top of the window yeah, he's now uh, behind DeAndres. He's 13 seconds behind DeAndres, so that's going to be interesting. Yeah, correct. Uncorrected time. Robert Masson still out on track, and Chris Wright still shown as in the pit lane. So that's Roman DeAngelis effectively in the lead of the race as Daniel Morad has taken over the 30 car and left the pit lane. So the 47 car now in second place of the P3 cars. Third place. Because Morad came out still with the lead, right? No. Can't have. Shoot. Well, it's certainly, it's certainly conceivable. I mean, he uh, stayed out there. You know, he, he's... Uh, let's see where they no, are. No, the Drew's track. already through the first sector no, in that lap. Drew's behind... Yeah, so it's DeAngelis Drew and Morad. Is it? Okay. Morad hasn't gone through the first sector on his 33rd lap yet. Uh, Robert Masson scored as the leader overall because he stayed out one more lap. Stuart Retty goes through in second. Roman DeAngelis now in third, just 1.7 seconds behind the MPC car. 11 and 21 have not made their stops yet, remember. Next through should be Drew, and it is... Yep. And then it'll be Morad, I think, because I think he's just ahead. It's going to be tight between him and Weldon, actually, in the three car. In fact, it should be Max Hanratty in the Extreme Speed Motorsports number three, shouldn't it? This is a timing sheet that uh, Dr. Masson will want to keep, a lap chart. Take a picture. Yep. If you're in the 11 pit at the moment, 
for Performance Tech Motorsport. Leads with 41 minutes to go. You can't imagine that they would leave Dr. Robert Masson out for very much longer. Although he is from he's, Central Florida, he's, so... He's, he's driving on his own, so he's done his, he's done his time. So it's just about when he takes the four-minute stop. A lot of friends and family here, I would imagine, just being from a little bit down the road in Windermere. Roman De Angelis is effectively the leader of the race. And by that, I mean that when the two cars ahead of him stop, which they have to do, he will he will assume the lead. Uh, and both of those MPC cars ahead of him, the first and second overall in a race at the moment, they're just setting their foot personal best sector times at the moment, both of them, they're number light, 11 and 21. Light on fuel. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think Roman might have just passed Stuart Retty, actually, as Drew comes through. Still that 13-second gap. Now, we're going to have to have a chat after the race here with the team, the 47 Motorsport team, because I wonder if they've got a stopwatch problem and they held that car a tiny bit too long. Now, a couple of seconds is far better to have a couple of seconds over than be half a second under and get pinged for it after the race. But 20 seconds, 30 seconds? Might it be a misinterpretation of the rules? Because it's about a 30 second pit lane delta. 30 seconds, so they might have thought it was four, sec four, minutes, four minutes standing stationary. still. Well, there you go. New team to the series, so it well, wouldn't yeah, be the first time. New rules for everybody. New so rules yeah. for everybody. Um, yeah, it's, it's, we'll have to wait and see, unless they would just give everybody else a... Uh, give him a chance. <laughs> because before the round of pit stops, number uh, 47 car, he had a lead of about 12 seconds over the number three. And the number four car, driven by Roman DeAndres, he was another five seconds back in, in second place. So there was, there was, what, 16, 17 seconds uh, between the number 47 and number four car before the round of pit stops. And now, as you say, it's about uh, 13 seconds the other way. Yeah, and she said somewhere over 25 Indeed. seconds Indeed. that she felt it was a bit long. Indeed. So Robert Masson leads, DeAngelis second, but uh, Masson leads, owing us a four-minute pit stop. So Roman DeAngelis is the effective back leader. In the pits again. He's in the naughty box. He's been called to the penalty box, and it's not just a drive-through. He has been told to stay put for a while. Okay. Stuart Retty putting in good times here, and now still trying to put some pressure on as into the pit lane. That will put DeAndres in the lead of the race overall. He's just heading into turn one at the moment. Scored as such as Robert Masson comes into the pit lane. Dr. Masson then making his call of pit lane on the pit lane speed limiter. Bit jerky as he comes down in front of us now in that number 11. Mazda-powered Elan DPO2. Followed by Stuart Reddy. Yeah. So both the 11 and the 21. I, I think that makes sense. I think that makes sense. So they were about 10 seconds apart when they came into the pit lane. Also still in the pit lane, the 22 car. The Stephen Dawes Performance Tech Motorsport MPC. So yeah, we are now back to a, a, a form of normality, the P3 runners would think, with Roman De Angelis still leading the race, still leading his class, but now leading the race again by 12.3 seconds. So that has come down a tiny bit, but we're talking fractional margins here. Four tenths of a second last time around, David Drew gained 
on Roman De Angelis. Third will be Michael Weldon as he comes through, but he's quite a long way back. He's yet to cross the line, I think. Let me see. You no, know, he's come through 13 seconds, 14 seconds behind Retney when he came at the pit lane, so he's a long way back. Then Daniel Morad in the number 30 extreme speed motorsport car that he took off from Chris Wright is in fourth position in LMP3 so that will leave Cameron Castles in fifth in the 75 he's driving on his own for performance tech motorsports and rounding up the top six then it will be Josh Hurley who has taken over the number 44 Ave Motorsports Ave Riley AR2 from Gary Gibson that was the bright red car that was battling at the sharp end of the field early on. In MPC Masson and Retty are the two leaders and they are in the pit lane they came in line astern well separated by 9.4 seconds when they crossed the line in third in MPC now is the number 36 Paul LaHaye driven one motorsport to land DP2 and he is in the pits as well Right, that makes sense. That's his pit stop. I was about to say that's a, a lot of room. So I, I, I had anyway missed out John Brownson in the 34 car, yeah. the Eurosport racing car, who I, I think did his. Well, he's still got no, his pits he, he, to do. Yes, indeed. Because yeah. he, his pit early on was on the fourth lap, and, I, I, and Shea seems to think that was for a drive through. Yep. Yeah. He certainly didn't stop in his box. Right. And he did not take but on any fuel. He's driving on his own anyway. So, yes. again, it's not a question of drive time. It's yeah. a question of him. He's actually now gone to be scored as leader of MPC in fifth overall. But he has a four-minute stop still to do. So, I reckon then that when all this shakes out, in third position should be the Performance Tech Motorsport number 18 again of Wyatt Schwab. Should be back in third position in MPC. Yeah, and the question there is, does he need to make uh, another... A, uh, yes. an additional pit stop presumably for fuel Yeah. and because his pit stop earlier on was not of the 4 minute oh, length yeah. because it was the damage repair yeah we don't know how long it was do we do we know how long it, it was no we don't I noted I made a mental note of when he came in and when he left and it wasn't long enough was way back I do on remember lap, that it was way back on lap number 11 yeah Head of the field, David Drew, is closing down on Romanda Angelis. He's got 35 minutes to gain 11 and a half seconds. And we've seen this before in these prototype challenge races. The Image Prototype Challenge presented by Mazda has provided us some great racing since we've brought the LMP3 cars in. And it looks like we've got another outstanding race which will go right through the season ship yeah we go from here to sebring international raceway in march so a little bit of a break of uh, recovery time as we do have that number 18 wyatt schwab back onto the pit lane this will be his long pit stop from sebring it's on to barber motorsports park in april canadian tire motorsport park in july can you imagine these cars around there that'll be awesome yeah virginia international raceway vir in august and then finishing out the season with the imsa spectacular weekend petit Le Mans road atlanta oh so they're at the gt festival at vir in august yes Excellent. they are only prototypes that will be there another pit lane caller for one of the mpcs it's the bright orange car that's uh, coming in a little squirrely under braking is that brownson the 34 yes it is yes. yeah it is 
Eurosport racing car with the white nose piece. Yeah, the Big veteran, 116 starts he's done in this championship. Is that all? Yeah, dating all the way back to making his debut back in uh, 2007. Two-time Masters champion, is he not? Three-time Masters Three champion, time. I think, yeah. New fastest first sector, Kenton Cook trying to make up some time in the 25. Ligier sitting in eighth position at yeah. the moment. And in fact, well, other than Michael Weldon, who's back in the 44s, I think Michael Weldon's the only driver that's been in the 44s uh, this far into the race. Yep. Uh, and he's not been consistent. He's just in a 44, then a 47. Uh, Kenton doing a 45-1 and a 45-3. So he's doing some quick times here. Yeah, but uh, meanwhile, Roman DeAndres, who leads this race, uh, his last... Uh, Last four laps have been 45.82, 45.92, 45.93, 45.87. Love that consistency, Roman DeAngelis. And that is why, even though David Drew in that number 47 car, the Norma has a far, a, apparently a faster car, he's not making much inroads. He's just pulling in maybe a, a couple or three-tenths of a second per lap. That is not enough, even with half an hour remaining. So he's going to have to step up uh, his pace, is David Drew, if... He wants to snatch away that win from Roman De Angelis. Taking half a second out of him last time around. 45-5 by De Angelis. David Drew, 45 flat. And that slight improvement from De Angelis from the times that Jeremy just read you out there was down to a very fast first sector. Indeed, it was Roman De Angelis' fastest first sector of the race. That is uh, 54 seconds long, that first sector, if you're hauling the meal, which Daniel Morad is. And he's just done... His and his car's fastest lap of the race, the number 30 Ligier, down to a 45 flat as well, as he's trying to chase down the number three of Max Hanratty, who is now on the timing screen. Thank you. Timing and scoring. Thanks, Al Kamel, for that. Daniel Morad would love nothing more than to be told you have a car 10 seconds ahead of you. Go get him. Yeah. That's what he lives for. Of course, that every driver. Every driver likes to be completely released. Was that a little mistake there by Roman De Angelis as he was coming down to the International Horseshoe? Or was he just making sure that the car in close well, proximity knew what he was doing? Well, it, well it's Kenton. It, it's Kenton Cook, isn't it? Yeah. Well, so Kenton's Kenton. about to unlap himself. Correct. That's what's happening there. Yeah, trying to unlap himself. So this is the leader and behind it's not the second place car, it's the eighth place car. As into turn one comes Robert Masson. By the way, John Brownson, when he pitted there, was in the lead of the race, that 34 car. But uh, he's still in the pits at the moment. So it will be Robert Masson who comes through next time around to reclaim the lead from Scott Retty in second. And up into third then, now my calculations have gone awry a bit here because Schwab has pitted again in the 18 car. Right. So... That means Tassio Ortiz will be in third position in the 28. The Wolf Motorsport car that he took over from Bart Wolf. Fourth, probably. Do you think it... No, no, well, yeah, it's a good it question. It depends when Brownson comes out of the pit, it doesn't does. it? It does, it absolutely does, yes. And he's still sitting there at the moment. He Meanwhile, is. Meanwhile, the other guy who's flying at the moment is Daniel Moran. Yeah. If he'd taken over that car number 30 from Chris Wright, he's just uh, gone into the 44s, 144.9 last time around, and he's closing in inexorably on his Extreme Speed Motorsport uh, teammate, Max Hanratty, in car number three. The gap was 
uh, over 12 seconds. It's come down to 10 seconds, 9 seconds, now 6.5 last time around. So that, that was courtesy of 3 mm -hmm. seconds plus made on that last lap. Indeed. And that was Max Hanratty doing a 47.3. David Drew doing a 47.8. And there must have been a gaggle of traffic because even Roman De Angelis was down in the 40, down in the 46s, 46.0. So I'm guessing there that those guys hit traffic at an inopportune moment because they've all had their times pushed out. Now, the question is, will Daniel Morad then hit that little gaggle of traffic or will he be able to power pass? But a 44.9 puts him the only second driver to be in the 44s, along with Michael Weldon. 44.7, by the way, is the fastest lap of the race by Michael Weldon on all the way back on lap 13, and we're up lap 41 now. Yes, and all of a sudden, David Drew is back out to 12 seconds behind. Mm. And it was a gaggle of traffic because Morad's last lap time through was 47 a 46.2. Yeah, 46.2, then a 47.9 by Cameron Castles. And Sean Rahal's just put his and the car's fastest lap in seventh position in the number 51 KR2 Motorsports, sorry, K2R Motorsports last year. Does Cameron Castles have to worry about Josh Hurley? Yes, he does. Yes, he does. Because Josh Hurley just went around him going into turn one. The two of them were so close together, it looked like one LMP3 car coming across the start-finish line. That's right. the battle for fifth and sixth. Whoa! Oh, big Locks slide. him up under braking. He's going to hit the back end. Yes, he does. Locks up there does Cameron Castle hits the back end of the Ave Riley, spins that around, and there behind those two is Sean Rahal making his way past both of those two. Thank you very Great much. Great pickup by the guys on the cameras there into the international horseshoe. And that a mistake by Cameron Castles. Under braking, locked the back end up. And I'm afraid that Josh Early, he will be seething here. Big mistake, locked the front up first. Castles going sideways then, yeah. completely out of control. And that might just get him a penalty. Well, remember, Castles made a very similar move yeah. earlier on in the race. And it worked. He tried it again, and this time it didn't. Yeah, getting on the grass didn't help. Exactly right, sure. No, it didn't. He <laughs> locked him up, uh, just got broadside there. And it's a shame that uh, that uh, Josh Hurley he couldn't quite see him in his mirror no. spinning, probably. <laughs> and so as he turned into the corner, he would have had no idea that the uh, number 75 car was going backwards across the grass. So really unfortunate for Josh Hurley Damage and that Arve Riley team. I was talking to Tony Arve this morning. He's, uh, there's a second car in build, and they have to have that out fairly soon probably not for Sebring but before too long have a second of the Arve Riley cars out there to challenge yeah. the, the Josh Felix and the new Norman. Josh is throwing bodywork off that car at the moment as he's trying to get back up to speed the good news is the bodywork is has now fallen off and is not fouling the right rear continental the bad news is it's fallen off on the track of the bus stop and he still looks loose he's going to be cursing himself that he just went past Cameron Castles there that's a uh, not intentional at all by Cameron Castles, but the the point is there, it's avoidable contact. It was a mistake by Castles, it's affected someone else's race, and yep. we wait to see what will happen there. Of course, with Cameron Castles coming into the pit Those, lane, it's a self-serving uh, penalty. It, yes, it may be a moot point. Da damaged bodywork, steaming gently in yeah. the middle of the bus stop. And there is uh, Kenton Cook. He's just got past Roman DeAndres. They're heading into the East Horseshoe now with uh, Kenton Cook back on the lead lap in that car number 25. My apologies. The steaming bodywork was in the International the East Horseshoe, just where that battle that Jeremy was describing has gone through there. And, and that is Kenton Cook back. 
And, yes. and that lap that cost uh, Roman DeAndres quite a lot of time, 47-8 on that last lap for DeAndres. And that is good news for David Drew in second place because he's got clear traffic and the gap now is down to 10 seconds from first to second. That's number four ahead of the 47. And now there's a decision to be made by race control. We have a large chunk of bodywork. It's not on the racing line, it's but it's it. not off it entirely. Yeah. We know there's debris in the bus stop and we know that there's debris at various other portions around the track has been thrown by the 44. Do they throw the caution? 25, 25 minutes, minutes to, go. to go. Sean Rehal on a tear as well at the moment. Yeah, and uh, Daniel Murrod now within, about to make the pass on, actually heading down to West Horseshoe. We can see that battle for third and fourth place. Han Ratty has it, holds the inside under braking for the Horseshoe with uh, Daniel Murrod right behind him there now in car number 30. As the leader is on the high banks at the other end of the racetrack, <laughs> picking his way through damaged tra traffic. Who's that uh, bright green car who's oh, lost the front end? Morad got through. That would be the Wyatt Schwab car. Uh, it's, of course, yes, it Morad is. gets through as they exit turn six. Hanratty went a little bit on the high side, and Morad said, thank you very much. I'll see that open door. And that will put him into third position. Ahead of him, David Drew, and this car going down into the first corner. Roman De Angelis, who has built himself a healthy lead but it's been pulled back and he's lost another couple of seconds that time around i've got yeah. to ask the question now is there a problem well, with that number four the, car the, yes the problem is that kenton cook ahead of him isn't pulling away kenton cook <laughs> last time around did a 46 9 47 yeah. 5 for deangelis 45 7 and it's under nine seconds in fact it's closer to eight seconds david drew with 24 minutes to go has got 8.3 seconds of a gap. Now, this is very interesting indeed with a potential, of course, of, well, I think if we were going to see a yellow, it would have come out by now. Daniel Morad on a charge as well. He's just in a 45-2. He was the fastest man of the lead group last time around by some half a second. He's a long way back, but anything could happen if we get closed up behind a safety car. It wouldn't be a very long safety car period. Uh, in MPC, by the way, the gap between Dr. Robert Masson and Stuart Retty has eased out. Masson in 10th position leads MPC in that number 11 car. And he's already completed his lap and it's 13 seconds between first and second share why did michael klemecki never come back out of the pit lane ah. he had been leading when he came and made his pit stop his white mpc car is still sitting down toward the pit exit he ah. never re-emerged mm -hmm. maybe they didn't wind up their stopwatch and it hasn't reached the four minutes yet guys it's it's more than four well, minutes yeah they've had They've had some mechanical problems on those on those cars. All three Eurosport cars had a problem this morning. There was a blown engine for one. There was a drive shaft problem on the on the Michael Klemecki car, and uh, Tony George, uh, Tim George in the other car, I think, was a uh, fuel system problem of some sort. Yeah, fuel pressure problem on the on the 24 car as well. Uh, Roman De Angelis will be delighted that Kent Cook last time around did his fastest lap of the race and becomes the third man into the 44s. A 144.9 allowed Roman De Angelis to do a 45.9 and therefore nick a bit of time back from David Drew, who's now nine seconds behind in second place. He did a 46.5. We are going to be talking about small margins here. 
nine seconds seems like a big gap but if there's traffic oh 144.6 Daniel Morad's just gone the fastest of anyone <laughs> through the whole of the race 20 minutes to go the leaders are round about first second and third round about 30 seconds 35 seconds in fact if you add Max Han running to that it's still only under 50 seconds so anything could still happen here no mistakes lead four still within striking distance if there's any issues a missed overtaking a botched lavery and this could all change trying to break a little too deep well, in the corner exactly so sure we're talking fine margins here cameron castles back into the pit lane again might this be the penalty being served see where he goes He's for the spin continuing down the pit lane not i don't see him pulling into the pits nope. into the pit lane himself as through comes the leader being waved into the naughty step box yeah. so this is uh, a little bit oh no being told to go back out so it was a drive it was through a drive through for avoidable contact no yep. need for a stop and hold just to drive through as through when all that was happening that black and fluorescent orange of the number four Roman DeAngelis responding to yes. Daniel Morad's threat with his personal best time last time through. But it's, what, eight-tenths of a second slower than that of what Morad did. But crucially, faster than David Drew in the 47 Norma Indeed. behind him. That Norma now out to 9.2 seconds. And DeAngelis now... I, I, don't, I, I don't know Roman too much. I spoke to him at the awards dinner the night of champions uh, last year at Petit Le Mans I don't know if he's the sort of driver who likes to be told a lot or whether he just gets on with it and asks for the information when he gets it but the the gaps going in his favor at the moment Leo Lamales by the way the Brazilian driver in the Charles Wicht racing Ligier has just put in the fastest middle sector of anybody so yeah. that car's trimmed out then. Yeah, that's the 19-year-old uh, from Sao Paulo, Brazil. This is his first ever car race, actually, Leo Lamelas. 178.2 miles an hour through the trap. That's five miles an hour quicker than anybody else. And I, Well, no, I say that, and Josh Ellis just gone through the seven. But that is considerably higher than anybody else I've seen. I've been watching those. They've been mid, low to mid 170s and 178, nearly 179 miles an hour through the trap. Young and fearless. Clearly. <laughs> Daniel Morad, personal best and overall best sector one. Oof. He has been unleashed. And it's changed around again at the front with another three tenths going back to David Drew. But tenths are not enough for David Drew with 18 and a half minutes to go. Romanda Angelis leads in the Anza Motorsports number four. Then it's Drew. Then at the head of MPC, 13 seconds between Robert Masson, who is carving his way through back marker traffic as he's on the high banks of Daytona now. Stuart Retty now 13 seconds as he has been for some time in arrears with it is Tassio Otis, as I suspected, in the number 28 car that he shares with Bart Wolf, the Wolf Motorsports Elan DP02. And he is in third position at the moment, and he's got half a minute back to the number 22, Stephen Dawes, for performance tech in fourth in MPC. 
fastest lap of the race again for Daniel Morad last time around. It's getting down to the low 44s now. 144.3. This is magnificent stuff for a man who wasn't even on the entry list earlier on this week. Yeah, a guy who was keeping very close to his chest what his plans were for Daytona. Won the 24 hours of Daytona in the GTD class last year. Is not given that opportunity to defend his title, at least yet. I think he's putting on a performance to show he knows how to do well at Daytona International Speedway. It's the first round of the IMSA series for prototypes. The IMSA Pro Prototype Challenge presented by Mazda. And we're racing at the Raw. The traditional test before the Rolex 24 hours at Daytona. For the first time this year here in 2018, we're making history with a race taking place during the practice for the big 24 hours later on in the month. And at the moment, Roman De Angelis is being closed in on ever so slightly by David Drew, the number four leads by now under eight seconds. Jeremy yeah. Shaw. Yeah, he pulled a second on him that lap because uh, I think uh, Roman Dantras must have had a bit of traffic somewhere. It cost him the better part of a second. 146.4 last time around for our race leader. He had been doing, well, middle 140, 1 minute 45s. Got to keep the concentration. Oh, and he's got traffic ahead of him again. And he'll want to get past before he gets to the bus stop. He's coming through. Speedway turn two now. The, the MPC cars are staying on the low line. That's exactly as they've been told to do in the driver's meeting. So he has got past two cars there. But he sees another gaggle of cars ahead of him. Kenton Cook has pulled away just a little bit from the leader. Courtesy of some very good laps. And Kenton down in the low 45s again last time around he's now only two seconds away from josh hurley and that would be for sixth position kenton just closing in a little bit there that would be the injured ave riley yeah. going around with missing bodywork from the back left of that car shame that that car was on for maybe a podium position i think today well, it did very well the last two rounds at Petit Le Mans of 2017 with none other than Tony Ave driving it. We know that the car is capable, and I look forward to seeing what it can do, especially if, Jeremy, you say that there's going to be another one coming. That could turn out to be a real dark horse for a championship. Yeah, very true. So could Roman DeAngelis, though. Last year, he started out running in the IMSA GT3 US Series as a warm-up for GT3 Canada, wound up doing almost all of the US Series and narrowly missing out on the championship, yeah. even after missing two races. Yeah, and having various mechanical problems as yes. well. He was really unlucky last year, Roman DeAngelis, but uh, I believe that's going to be his focus for this season. But hey, if he's leading uh, the championship after here, who knows what will happen? Certainly, it'd be good for Alan L L Nadal and, and, and some motorsports because uh, that team, they've been around the sport a long, long time running all sorts of different cars. You remember, they won a couple of these races last year at Barber with Nico Germain, who came in, uh, the Frenchman came in to, to do the races and was uh, head and shoulders above the rest. My question is, if Roman doesn't drive this car, have they got someone else lined up to no, drive it? I saw if, if they haven't, then surely they'd be better off keeping <laughs> him in the car. Uh, absolutely. Well, they'd love to, but someone's got to pay the bills. Ah. That's the tricky bit. But uh, clearly it's a good car. And Roman Dianger's first ever prototype race has done a magnificent job today. Uh, is it enough? As, uh, uh, the, the gap went out again last lap, or extended again last lap, because he put almost a second on number 47, David Drew, who himself on that lap had the traffic Correct. that uh, DeAndres had found on the previous go-around. 
14 minutes to go. Daniel Morad's on a little bit of clear Daytona circuit and puts in another fastest first sector. Kenton Cook is not far behind him as far as the time's concerned. A 44-6 last time around from Kenton Cook. And he's now within a second of sixth position and Josh Hurley. So that's one that we need to keep an eye on. The bright red number 44 car, the RV Riley. And Kenton Cook in the 25 P1 Motorsports car that he took over from Joel Janko. There is the battle coming down to the west end of the race circuit and into the right-handed horseshoe hairpin. And Kenton in that multicoloured car, closing in on the red, Arve Riley as they go back through the tricky turn number six. A couple of different changes of surface there and then you've got to ride the transition onto the high banks. Oh, there's a problem! Hurley's catching, ah, it's, it's that right rear. I thought he'd blown the motor there, but I think it's just the tyre catching on the right rear bodywork. He lost some of that bodywork earlier. Remember, Cameron Castle spun into him. He's, Cameron's already had to serve a penalty there. And that is when the right rear Continental is loaded up on the top side of the banking. And that's very dangerous indeed. 12 and a half minutes to go. Kent will go up over the top. No, he's going to go down underneath. Wow, that's a brave manoeuvre. Dragged all the way up to that ailing car. And he goes through. That's a new sixth position, Kenton Cook. Shortest way around the track is at the bottom of the bank. That is true. Because yeah, Sean Rayle's gone missing. Did we, yeah. did we mention that? Uh... I was going to point that out. It says that he's missing in sector two, but I've been looking around the track and can't see anything as uh, Hurley battled back a little bit, but Kenton managed to stay in front of the 44. Got to be a worry with that tyre rub on the back of that car. When the tyre rub stops, you either, well, you hope that it's the bodywork that has gone and not the tyre. Kenton dragging up to the back in the middle of the Ooh. oval. And it's a good thing he didn't go to the right because there was bodywork body that work flying flew off. off. So still debris falling off from the right rear and there's a big chunk of bodywork behind the right rear Continental tyre and wheel assembly that is flapping in the breeze now and no wonder then that that is rubbing on the wheel and tyre itself. DeAngelis' lead is down to 7.8 yeah. seconds and Daniel Morad is down to a 44-2. Morad, they've just lit the blue touch paper and stood back. Promised him Timbits. That's ah. all you have to do for Daniel. Robert Masson still leading 11 seconds over Stuart Reddy, so feeling pretty good about where he is for now. That's know. come down a couple of seconds, mind you. It has. It has. But with 10 minutes left, 11 minutes left, that's not an issue. Now that you've said, said that, it is an issue. Yes. That was John who said that, Dr. Masson, just so you know. <laughs> yeah, looking for his first uh, overall win, isn't he, Robert Masson, in that category? He had one... One finish last year in the well. He finished twice, two times, once at Watkins Glen and once at Lime Rock, but he never did get that first victory in the uh, MPC class. No, f I think fifth was his best actually. Is that, is that right? Fifth overall in the class. Not sure. So Great yeah, to see yeah, him yeah. back out again this year, and still thoroughly enjoying his motorsport. 
that's the key part of it, I think. Well, yeah, just yeah. his second year. I mean, last year was his first uh, full season for, for Robert. He saw how much fun Kyle was having, yes. his son, and so, hey, I need to do some of that. So, yeah, again, he takes it very, very seriously and uh, clearly has upped his game this season and looking to get that first overall win in MPC. Boy, that would be a big moment for him, particularly he's right here, as you were saying earlier on in Florida. He's very proud of his son. Take nothing away from that, but he'd really like to stop being referred to as Kyle's dad. He would like to be respected as a race car driver, and he's oh, proven I, that today. I, I think he's got that and all of it. Uh, at the head of the field, Roman De Angelis still keeping up a cracking pace, a 46 flat last time around, but a 45 flat and his fastest lap of the race for David Drew. Daniel Morad, 44-2 last time around, a new fastest lap on lap number 51. He's closed in within 27 seconds of second position. Crucially, he's pulled out almost 18 seconds on fourth. He's nailed on for a podium right now, but he is still pushing hard. Uh, Kenton Cook is desperately trying to change, chase down now Max Hanratty, but he's got a lot of ground to make up there. So the interest now as Kenton Cook has passed Josh Hurley and pulled out 1.4 seconds. Although Josh is not giving up, he's pushing hard. But the interest now is certainly at the head of the field mm. as far as LMP3 is concerned. MPC looks to be going the way of Robert Masson. Now, I'll say that, but uh, Dr Masson, in fact, everybody who's driving single-handed here, they've not done as much racing as this in one goal before, Shane. That's exactly correct. I was going to mention to Jeremy, Roman DeAngelis, this is the longest race of his life so far, is it not? Yeah, yeah He's longest would have been 45 minutes races. Yeah. yeah, no, I'm sure you're right, absolutely. Um, for, for most of these guys, uh, David Drew's done longer races, Daniel Morad has done longer races, of course, yeah. of course, including winning the 24 hours here one year ago. But, um, yeah, it's uh, the pressure is on there. And can Cook now re respond to the, the fastest race. lap of the race? Yeah. Uh, that it's, the, the, it's Morad and Cook who are battling it out. Daniel Morad's done his fastest lap last time around a 44.218, but a 44.207 has pushed the fastest lap of the race to Kenton Cook in the number 25. Kenton, who has made a bit of a career of winning championships with the word Mazda in them. And this is the IMSA Prototype Challenge presented by Mazda. Been a visitor to our booth in the past as well. Now just six seconds between first and second. Yeah, this is interesting, Jeremy. Mm, two very consistent laps by the by our leader. 146.07 on lap 51, 146.09 on lap 52. But uh, David Drew there, 145.3 that time around. He's still a second behind the pace of Daniel Morad and Kenton Cook. But uh, if he can step it up just a little bit, maybe that first win is possible. Just just over seven minutes remaining. Ligier, Norma, Ligier, 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 Ave Riley, your top six uh, at the moment. Seven minutes to go. Jeremy Short, Shea Adam, John Hindhoff, the first IMSA competitive event of 2018. He's the scout of the America. One hour, 45 minute race here at Daytona International Speedway as part of the Raw before the Rolex 24 at Daytona. We've not had competitive running here ever before in this early part of January. I don't think we've ever had this many scouts here before either, John. Huge amount of people on the infield and the grid walk. I was sitting up here watching it and you could not see the cars. Yeah. It was great to see wow. and a great initiative uh, from Scouts of America and IMSA to bring all the young ladies and gentlemen 
who, by the way, are camped out at completely opposite ends of the facility. Uh, the Boy Scouts are down at turns uh, three and four. The Girl Scouts are down at uh, one and two. And there's hardly anywhere to park on the infield. Oh, no, yeah. It's absolutely packed in there. Fantastic. And there's more parking than ever as well because there's more hard standing yeah. than ever uh, this year. Six minutes to go. Mm. And uh, last lap, uh, Roman DeAndre's down in the 45s again. 45 yeah. 80 turned. Almost identical lap to the second place car of David Drew. Does not want to see a whole bunch of cars ahead of him does he Roman De Angelis I think he's timed this about right we've seen it in the past <laughs> his ability to manage tyres something he developed in the IMSA Porsche Carrera Cup USA and those are heavy cars and a 45-50 minute race means that you do have to develop that skill it is a skill and I, I think he's probably done enough but David Drew is at the very least keeping it honest at the moment. She had him. Very much so. And with a six-second gap with five minutes to go, our leader crosses the start-finish line now. That would be 54 laps. And now goes through second place. It's not over. Stuart Retney has closed down to about 11 seconds on Robert Masson. That's been his... Uh, similar to that, it was 13 seconds and he got it down a little bit. But So Tassio Ortis is a further, well, more than a minute, a minute and 15 or so. So that looks like the top three in MPC. Uh, credit Dr. Besson, by the way, he's in the top 10 in eighth position. That's a solid finish by an MPC car, albeit mm -hmm. four laps off the pace. But round here, four laps off the pace is not bad at all. Yeah, and... Uh uh, probably three la three laps remaining, I would I would suggest here, and 5.2 seconds the gap between first and second. A little bit of a dangerous moment has just been overcome by the leader in MPC. Cameron Castles was behind him, uh, but now he's got through. So no repeat of Cameron's misdemeanour earlier on, for which he was pinged for a drive-through penalty. 5.2 seconds then. David Drew, the man from Switzerland in the 47. 47 motorsports car. Austin McCusker claimed pole position and handed the car over. That's maybe a snafu at the pit stop. Something that we'll have to find out post-race. My goodness, she Adam, that could be costly. It could be. And on the flip side, did Roman D'Angelo serve all four minutes? Because it was a very tight window showing his outlap was 540. It's going to be close. Roman DeAngelis, David Drew, Daniel Morad, three guys from two different countries, two Canadians and a Swiss represented. First American, Maxwell Hanratty back and forth. And then Kenton Cook, Josh Well, Hurley. Austin McCusker, of course, in the lead uh, cast. Yes, uh, yeah. 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 yes, good point. The, the guys at the front of the field are trading tenths of seconds through the different yes. sectors. It's fantastic to watch the timing screens. The sun just beginning to get a little bit low. The shadows beginning to lengthen here. So we're in the mid-afternoon at Daytona in this early part of the year. And when we come back for the Rolex, it's a, a very long darkness period. Well over 13 hours of darkness. I reckon it'll be a white flag next time okay. around. And uh, that's uh, 55 laps completed. On that lap, a Roman DeAndre's turn 145.5. That's the best lap he's turned since uh, lap 46, so 10 laps ago. Uh, he's, uh, you know, he's, he's got the bit between his teeth now. He can taste 
that victory champagne. And, and that's only a tenth away from his best lap of the race. David Drew has not given up. He's just done his best first sector as the gap comes down below five seconds. Oh my goodness, he's just gonna he's gonna wish. I think Drew's gonna wish that this had been a two-hour race and not a one-hour forty-five. Oh yeah, he'd probably at this stage he'd be happy. For, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. It might literally be that close. You're right. Yeah. He's gonna catch DeAngelis, but can he pass him? Oh, I don't. I don't, I don't think he is. He's gonna I, need some help certainly because he's. You know, last couple of laps, oh he was three goodness. tenths of a second quicker on the last lap. But uh, this he's on this lap, he's seven tenths out yeah. of him already, and he's only halfway around the lap. Now, is it white flag? There's DeAngelis. White, white flag. White flag. Jeremy Shaw gets it right as he always does. And there goes David Drew in second place. And it's come down to three and a half seconds. A 144.661 for David Drew. That's a stunning lap. Not quite the fastest. That still goes to Kenton Cook. But it's his best lap. Yeah. What That's a time Carl's to pull it lap. out. What a time to pull it out. Roman DeAngelis has traffic in front of him on the circuit. Qualifying, by the way, this morning, uh, it, first thing this morning, really, really cold conditions by Austin McCusker in that uh, car number four, he said, with 145.0. So wow. you know, the top four or five cars well underneath that during this race. Oh, DeAngelis struggling for grip through the West Horseshoe. Has he worked his Continental tyres too hard? Is that what the problem's been? No, it can't be. His last lap was good. Maybe. Is he losing concentration? Surely not. He's a young man. He's no. got an MPC car ahead of him. He'll be fine. He's getting good coaching, I'm uh, sure, from Alan Nadal sure. and the rest of the guys at, at uh, ANSA Motorsports Answer Motorsports crew. And he's taken almost a second out of Drew in that first sector. And that's enough. He's going to win it. So long <laughs> as he makes no mistakes now, Through he's heading stop. into the braking area at the bus stop right opposite the start-finish line. He's more than halfway around the final circuit. Four seconds left on the clock. The chequered flag is in hand down on the starter stand underneath our feet and slightly to our left. And the Ligier is going to take the first victory of the season. Roman De Angelis driving solo for Ansa Motorsports in an entry that was speculative to say the least, takes the opening IMSA race of 2018 and wins the IMSA prototype challenge presented by Mazda, the Scouts of America race here at Daytona. The Ligier over the Norma for race one at the very least as we await the MPC class leader. It is currently Dr. Robert Masson with an 11 second, 12 second lead over Stuart Reddy. Where are they on track though, Jeremy? Not sure actually, but that was a, a great effort by Roman DeAndrese. Uh, he actually extended his lead on that final lap. Uh, a little bit further back though, Kenton Cook slowed right down on that fastest lap. Uh, and uh, maybe he's and running stopped in Yes, turn exactly. One. He stopped in turn one. He, he lost a position and uh, did cross the finish line, however, but one lap behind the leader. And uh, where is Robert Masson? He's coming there around he the banking now into turn four, NASCAR turn four. Our first ever MPC winner around Daytona International Speedway in about 10 seconds time. As we wait, just to make sure he doesn't have any issues. Now he's crossed the line, his fist is pumping wow. in the air. Dr. Masson, first win in the series, comes here at home. And thanks to the IMSA Collective, um, we've had a number of people that have timed unofficially 
the pit stop of the leader, Romanda Angelis, at around about, I've, I've got a number of bids, anything between 4.10 and 4.15. Yep. So that should be okay. Good. That was pit in to pit out. And by the way, on that final, Daniel Murray turned a new fastest lap of the race. Oh, did he? In car number 30, <laughs> the third place car. Yeah, three, different, uh, three different teams in the top three positions. Ansa Motorsports in first place, 47 Motorsports second with that Norma. And the uh, the second of the Ligiers among the top three for extreme speed Motorsports. Daniel Murray, fastest lap, 144.114 on that final lap. So Kenton could run, ran out of fuel having stopped on lap 35 he was the first of our cars to stop for a pit stop no he stopped on lap, last stopped on lap, lap 35 that was, had, a, yeah, that that was, was a, a, a drive-through yeah uh, or, a, or a, no that was when he went to the body box yeah. yeah okay sorry you're absolutely right because i was going to say we have other people who had stopped before that that kind of threw me the curveball well it's congratulations to answer motorsports uh, and particularly to romanta angelis one of uh, the nicest people you could hope to meet and rather unlucky last year in his challenge in the uh, Porsche category of the IMSA development series. Who do you think is going to be happiest for him? That would be his father, Max, who yeah. has spent many a year competing in this series in other iterations. Yeah, absolutely right. So Roman De Angelis, uh, clearly a talent for oh, the yeah. future. Absolutely. Just uh, 16 years of age is all he is. He'll have his 17th birthday, not until the middle of February. And uh, yeah, what a talent this young man is. He's a, he's a super well, you know, just collected individual as well. He's very mature so for his years. So he wouldn't have been able to compete here last year because you've got to be 16 to race at Daytona. Gets out of the car, big fist pump. He turns around and sees the crew behind him. Not the helmet. The helmet design. Very nice. Very nice. And the maple leaf on his lower back as well. Yeah. Proud Canadian. Yeah, what a race. Well judged, I think you'd say that. Yeah. Didn't get phased by Beautiful the traffic. Drive. Didn't get phased by the, the gap coming down. It would have been easy for him to try and push too hard. We've seen some good drivers make mistakes here today. Look, he wasn't the he wasn't the fastest combination out on track today, but he was fabulously consistent, wasn't he? And that is what won in the race. No mistakes to speak of, uh, and, a, and a perfectly executed race for Roman DeAndres. And for, for a youngster for that age, just uh, uh, it, it is very very impressive. At the other end of the age scale and the experience, or the age scale, not perhaps the experience scale, because only his second year of full-time motor racing dr robert masson wins mpc and he is going to be one happy doctor one year ago he was in this victory lane celebrating his son winning the 24 hours of daytona in the pc category now he gets to drive his own car in and celebrate his own achievement yeah that is going to be celebrated long and hard by the family the season continues at sebring international a little bit of a break for these guys when they come back in March for the 12 hours weekend. And then it's off to Barber Motorsport Park, Canadian Tire Motorsport Park, VIR in August. And then the season will finish at Road Atlanta at the Petit Le Mans weekend. I think it's been a success from the tweets and the social media that we've had from our live audience around the world 
this new format seems to have worked. Jeremy Shaw, a success very, for you? Very much so. And did look how many people were in the stands all the way, you know, in the infield there throughout the whole race. Absolutely tremendous event, I think that was. And it bodes really, really well for the future of this uh, of this category. You know, there's been some sort of little bit of growing pains, perhaps, with the move to LMP3. I think it's a really smart move to have these longer distance races. It makes it more of a sort of proper progression toward the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship. That's what many of the, particularly the younger drivers here want to do, even some of the gentlemen drivers as well. So I think it's fantastic. It's great. We heard, I saw Jay Howard this morning, a former Indianapolis 500 contender, Indy Lights champion. He is going to be bringing a couple of cars to run in this championship before too long, including one that he'll be co-driving one of them as well. It's all good news for this uh, IMSA Prototype Lights Championship presented by Mazda. The Scouts of America event here, Sheer, LMP3 clearly, as Jeremy said, has been a big success. What I was impressed with particularly was the Mazda Prototype Challenge cars, many of which were driven single-handedly. 1 hour 45 seems to be the right amount of time for that as well. It is. It's the perfect stint length. And when you consider that the drivers have to get out of the cars, come back over the wall, it gives everybody a chance to catch their breath, to reevaluate what's happening in the race, and then get back in the car and go at it again. And for the scouts that are here this weekend, they're going to look at these cars and see some of the youngsters. Look at Roman DeAngelis winning this race and think i can do this in a few yeah. years yeah Good not point. very many years for many of yeah. them and, and uh, you know in the, the, the mpc cars there was some doubt yeah is that is this race going to be too long for those cars because we've had some mechanical problems in the past but no uh, virtually all of them finished there and a good run by uh, the caliber 28 there for bart wolf and uh, tazio Ortiz to come through and finish on the podium behind uh, robert masson and stuart retty who finished in second place so i think it's been a, just a, a great event all around a super way to start this new season a success then, as proclaimed from the IMSA broadcast booth and certainly uh, from the response from everyone here at Daytona International Speedway. We'll be back doing it all again when uh, this championship, the IMSA Prototype Challenge presented by Mazda, reconvenes uh, over the weekend of St. Patrick's Day at Sebring International Raceway, just down the road here at, uh, at Florida, in Florida, should I say uh, so Ligier, Norma, Ligier, Ligier at the top of LP, uh, LMP3. My thanks to Jeremy Shaw and to Shea Adam. I'm John Hindorf reminding you that every race this season that is part of an IMSA WeatherTech weekend will be live across the world and we'll have the IMSA radio crew uh, on site calling the action for you. And if it's as it has been here, I think we're in for a cracking season of IMSA Prototype Challenge presented by Mazda, and it'll all be live here on IMSA Radio and IMSA TV. This programme is a production of IMSA and Radio Show Limited. For more, visit RadioLeMond.com.